Hello, grace and peace. We're taking Anarchy to Church here on the Anarchist Bible Study. I'm Josh, a.k.a. Ioan Cap, and Jeff, a.k.a. I got the guest, but I skipped the intro. Park will be joining us shortly, uh, as well as Darnell from the Six Point... Uh, from the Sixth Sense Report. We're continuing our conversation with him this week, and we got into the book and, and a response that he wrote to the book uh, called Reading While Black. Uh, and we got into some really good conversations about hermeneutics, uh, application and interpretation, and uh, I, I think you're going to like it. So I'm not going to waste a lot of time. We're going to get into that episode. Just a reminder, though, that if you want to see this episode, these episodes as they stream live, the best way to do that is to go to buymeacoffee.com slash flyover and support us at $1 per month, and you can be part of the live stream and also part of our secret Discord server that we have uh, as a community and uh, and also help to offset some of the costs and help uh, support the show. So uh, buymeacoffee.com slash flyover would be uh, greatly appreciated. So without any further ado, let's get into the episode. Yeah. So, so you mentioned it. Um, so let's, let's, uh, let's, let's move out of this uh, emotional stuff and, and get to the thought, right? Uh, you, you mentioned that article. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that to quote article. Hamilton. Can we get back to politics? Please. <laughs> uh, you mentioned that article reading while black, uh, but not under attack. And, uh, this is, um, uh, this is an article that you, you wrote over at, um, high end theories blog. Uh, and, um, this was a, uh, a, a response or interaction with a, a book called reading while black. Is that, is that correct? Yes. Yes. So, um, so there's a book. I don't know if you can get it there. Okay. Uh, let's get the glare there. Your, uh, reading well black. Your background is eating it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Hey, look. They line it up with your face, and you fooled it into. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, so, so, so it's this book called Reading While Black: um, African American Biblical Interpretation as an Exercise in Hope by Doctor Reverend Doctor Esau Macaulay, and so. Um, what sparked this blog post was um, Esau in the book, um, um, Dr. Esau um, offered, um, he encouraged an, an opportunity for um, Black Christians to debate about Black, a biblical, uh, black interpretation. And that's rare. I, I thought that, that that's rare um, for um for someone to extend like um, an invitation to say, okay, like let's debate about it. Uh, because, you know, in, in light of where we are today um, in the culture, um, nobody's talking. Opposite ends are not sitting down to talk um, and sort through these things. So I was like, okay, he offered, um, you know, dialogue for black Christians to go back and forth. So I, I wrote a response um, to him. I sent, I, I sent him, I sent him the blog post. <laughs> I sent him the blog post. Um, and I did my research and I was like, oh, it's, you can't really find criticism on the book. Like every, everybody says it's, it's, it's a great book and it, 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 it's a good book. <laughs> it's, it's a good book. Um, but I think even good books can um, have some criticism and, and some concerns. Sure. So I had concerns about the book because, you know, I'm, I'm an exegesis guy. Not to say he's not, um, but I don't know if Joel told you about how me and him met. Um, 
so real quick, me and Joel, we have, uh, we were part of this Bible study called CLS, which stands for Christ lives sucker. Right. (laughs) I like it. Christ, Christ lives sucker. And so it started out as a bunch of, uh, buddies, just guys, brothers in Christ. We didn't go to the same church. Um, we just had ran the same circles and we, we would meet like at, we would do Bible study every Friday night from 11 PM to two in the morning at Denny's. We did this for like five years. And the structure of the Bible study was basically like, um, a Royal rumble or, um, battle Royal where we said, okay, if we're in Romans, we're going to, we work through book. We work through books of the Bible, one verse at a time. And so, um, if we have an issue, if, like if, if me and Jeff have an issue next Friday over like Romans, uh, 18 and what that passage means, then we're going to hash it out next Friday. And the guys are going to be there and they're going to be judging and they're, and, and whatever the most biblically faithful interpretation wins. So it's very combative. Wow. It's put up or shut up. Like you can't hide. Like there's no, there's no hiding. Um, um, but, but one of my favorite coaches, Teddy Atlas, he has a saying, he says, um, in, in boxing, they call the ring, the truth chamber. And he says, cause there's a lot of places in life you can lie, but the ring is not one of them. And I like to say, you know, there's a lot of places you can lie in life, but when you get down to the exegesis, when you get down to the scriptures and, and, and like going back and forth in a, a biblical debate, you cannot run. Uh-huh. You cannot run. We know this, right? We know like at the end of the day, the most faithfully um, executed text, the most glorifying interpretation is what's correct, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the background Joel and I are coming out of. So when he offered the opportunity to like say, okay, well, what do you think of the book? I'm like, all right, I'll show you what I think of the book. And so um, I wrote a response to um, some of the textual issues I had with the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was fun. Yeah. So, so what is the, so it seems like, um, the major thrust. Okay. If I remember, if I'm reading this right, the the main thrust of the book is on. Okay. So you, you say in your, uh, in your article, it's, uh, an unapologetically black application or, uh, this style of interpretation uh, calls the style of, in- black, of interpretation black ecclesial interpretation. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, of course, I'm 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 trying to figure out what that means um, because, of course, interpretation application. I'm you know I'm I'm all about my categories and I'm I'm getting categories mixed. So, uh, me too, me too. Yeah. Um, so, what does he mean by? I guess what does he mean by that? What does he mean by the interpretation black ecclesial interpretation? What does he mean by a black application? Like, I I can understand this. I'm not understanding this one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so um, the black ecclesial interpretation is coming out of the idea that uh, during slavery, um, whites, white slave masters were pitching um, a different gospel and that slaves were able to, um, those were able to read, were able to come to the conclusion of the proper gospel, right? So in in essence, that's where the Black ecclesial interpretation starts. Black meaning Black people, ecclesial meaning church um, interpretation. So um, you can make an argument that early slave, uh, early Blacks who are enslaved 
came to a saving knowledge of Christ through, of course, the work of the Holy Spirit and um, a sound interpretation of what the scriptures were teaching. Now, what that means, so so those are just tenets, right? So that, in essence, that's where it starts, and then it develops into where we are today. But but like the, the tenets are, it's unapologetically canonical and theological. Mm. It's uh, and, and that canonical and theological means that, you know, it, it honors the scriptures, the canon of scripture, and it uses um, theological ideas like the Trinity, uh, God's omnipresence, God's omnibenevolence, the, the, these concepts. So, for example, slave master says, OK, um, you know, God think, says I should give you a weapon for disobedience. But but, you know, sla- you know, blacks are thinking, well, no, God is omnibenevolent and he's gracious. So how is this? lining up with this and that. And then the, um, the second one is um, it's socially located. And then this is one of the key hermeneutical um, points. So socially lo- uh, located um, in that it clearly uh, arises out of the particular context of Black Americans. Um, and so context is key here in the Black experience. And then the other one is, it's, it, the other part is that it's willing to listen to the ways in which the scriptures themselves respond to and redirect Black issues and concerns, right? So it's aware of the Black experience. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other part is um, it's willing to experience patience with the text. So it's trusting that a careful and, and, and sympathetic reading of the text brings a blessing. So even when you come to difficult texts, uh, you are, and you guys know this, like part of it is like coming to difficult texts is all about being patient, yeah. waiting for um, the Lord to help you work through it. It isn't just like, oh, you come to a difficult text and you just give up and then you move on to the next one, but you work through it. And then the last one is it's willing to listen to and enter into a dialogue with black and white critics of the Bible in the hopes of achieving a better reading of the text. So I, I thought that was encouraging. And, you know, he's, I'm not going to sit here and say he's a heretic, um, even from the work um, I've seen of him in the conversations I've seen of him and what I read of him. Um, he's, you know, he's sound um, on, on, on some points and, and he's well-meaning and seems like a pretty nice guy and he's, and he's open to the conversation. So I'm, I'm really happy about that, that, that a conversation could happen because usually those conversations don't happen and people usually, um, hide behind their keyboards and avoid them. Mm-hmm. But that, but that's what, but that's what um, the biblical interpretation, the uh, ecclesial, the black ecclesial um, interpretation is. Yeah. And, of, yeah. and of course, you know, interpretation should be ecclesial. Like that's, that's a great point. Like, you know, that's, that's something that we talk about uh, on our show a lot is like, is, uh, or I don't know about a lot, but it's, it's, it's kind of a, something that, um, colors our shows we're always talking about like i'm i'm really trying really hard not to come up with a unique reading of whatever text we're right. reading because yeah, yeah. if i am then it's i'm probably wrong uh, i i'm i'm trying right. to that's to, not what to, sola scriptura means yeah i'm trying <laughs> sola to scriptura with... doesn't mean you have a a uh, um you have a a, un- a bible unique to you once you once you factor in all your interpretations, yeah. that's not. <laughs> and part yeah, of that, re- but... and part of that is because I individually can bring my own biases and 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 interpretive grid to the text, and I need to hear someone else coming at me to say, "Okay, this is because you have this thought and this perspective and this," and so that is something of like, 
yeah, I, I, I think sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 you know, and, and, but part of it is like the, the, there's, there's certain points in, in the book that, that, that brings me to pause and kind of be like, uh, I'm not sure about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for example, um, the black, black ecclesial interpretation, um, it talks about um, the social location. And, and the argument he's making is that black people have questions that white people don't have about life, about God. Um, and he's arguing that the Bible can answer those questions. But my concern as I was reading it, that the questions are, are a lot more than just questions. And that um, some of that bias um, creeps in where you're reading, of course, you know, you're, uh, you know, he's, he's not, you know, he's, he's, you know, he, he's, he knows the difference between exegeting and eisegeting, exegeting, reading out of the text, eisegeting, reading um, into the text. Um, but it's kind of like, you know, you know what it reminds me of? Uh, it reminds me of, um, uh, you, you know, you know, when, when um, pastors pray before they get into the word and they say, well, you know, especially when they're not like exegeting properly and they say, oh, Lord, um, give me, the grace to uh, read this Bible the way you see it and empower me to speak your word. And then he launches off into his own spiel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. it, it, when I was reading, it was one of those. So I was just like, wait a minute. It sounds like you're putting your own, um, sounds like you're eisegeting um, and putting your own um, interpretation um, into the text. And, and that's why mo- the, the main thing of, of, the, of this article is about Romans 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and his approach to Romans 13 um, in the chapter about policing, a theology of policing. And um, the, the heart of the argument is that um, if Black people are not free because they live in fear. So if you are living in fear, you're not free. Fear of the police. So the police have Black people in fear, therefore they are not free. And so with Romans 13, um, he approaches Romans 13 as a theodicy. Um, mm-hmm. Theodicy meaning the problem of evil. Um, if God is good and he wants good for his people, why would he have us submit to evil rulers? Mm. And so for me, um, (laughs) and then, uh, so for me, I, I, I saw it. I was just like, well, if we're talking about a black ecclesial interpretation, a black interpretation and a black application, I thought to myself, okay, how would this apply to black people? How does Romans 13 apply? Like, you that's the conversation. How does Romans 13 apply to black people? Well, he, long story short, he, he, he makes the art, he, he, he leads to police reform, right? Police reform and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but um, based on, on my exegesis of the text, uh, the conclusion I came to was that you, um, there's a penalty and there's a respect that has to come to the authorities in, re- in regards to wielding the sword. And that if you do misbehave, there will be penalties. And the application I saw is that in the black context is that for, and it's not every black person, but the, but the main narrative is that anytime a, um, a black person gets into an altercation with a white officer, um, it's a zero sum result. Uh, the black person is innocent and the white officer is guilty automatically. But the Bible says in Romans 13 that, 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 that God has given them the sword. They are avengers of God's wrath, right? They wield the sword for a reason, 
right? And Paul's telling um, um, the believers, like, look, guys, if you guys step out of line, they will check you. And so the argument that I was making was that um, that in applying the text to a Black context and, and, and seeing how Paul saw it in his context, what did it mean to his audience then? And then applying it to um, the uh, main issues of the Black community now. And so that's where I was coming from with the with the Romans mm-hmm. thirteen, mm-hmm. Um, and disagreeing with how he handled it, and and actually thinking that he he um, took it out of context and was preaching his own idea. Um, I, I would also like to say um, that so I, I attend a Simeon Trust um, workshops. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Simeon Trust. We we use Simeon Trust for our elder development, <laughs> and we use it for our elder development at our church as well. So. Oh, oh oh oh! So you guys are Simeon Trust guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm becoming one. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Okay. Cool. So, so the idea, you know, with, with Simeon Trust, is that um, Simeon Trust is an exposition workshop for um, people that regularly handle the word, and you learn basic um, exegeting principles. And one of the main things, and and it's in every conference, it's it's not new. <laughs> it's not new. It's the same old principles nothing fancy nothing new nothing that you can't teach a grade two person grade two kid um one of the main things they teach is not to preach your framework what does that mean right don't preach don't don't preach your biases right so even for me i have biases right there there's certain hobby horses i love to get on right but you have to lay those those biases aside and let God's word speak because mm-hmm. what's the point of having an inspired text if I'm going to be inspired over it? I was looking for a Simeon Trust worksheet because I know I used to have them in this briefcase. But for once, I cleaned out my briefcase, so I don't have it. <laughs> yeah, I, that, I, you know, that's something that, uh, <laughs> the idea of... Uh, reading our framework into Romans 13 is one that we are well aware of. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, us, us, uh, I, I, sometimes I, I comment on how I'll, I'll jump into these Christian libertarian discussions and be like, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about what Romans 13 doesn't mean. Um, at some point right. we have to be able to offer a positive, what it does say. And, and um, like we can, we can become guilty of that as well, uh, mm-hmm. of, of the, uh, coming to well, that. And that's a big reason why we started. That's the big reason why we started the podcast is frankly, yeah. because of just the frankly, like lazy and very yeah. motivated readings of these kinds of texts that we were seeing just be accepted so easily in yeah. reform, Christian reform libertarian circles is what we were mainly concerned about. Yeah. And, and, and that is that. Yeah. I, I, and why we that, probably, that, yeah. we probably won't ever do Romans 13 as a main series episode right. by itself. We're going to do Romans. Yeah. We're going to walk through yeah. eventually in about 20 years after we get through revelation. <laughs> yeah. Our, 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 our children, our children will be production assistants rather than obstacles. Um, and, 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 yeah. and, uh, um, and, uh, and yeah, so, uh, but uh, to actually, because that's one of the things that I think um, a lot of times these 
motivated readings of Romans 13, whether it be Esau Macaulay's or whether it be redacted. Um, (laughs) But I had a particular person in mind. Um, (laughs) um, uh, Is I, I really wonder, okay, so if you had to preach through Romans, how would you do that? <laughs> what would you do here? Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, I think if I were to preach Romans 13, you would go, I thought that guy was an anarchist. Because, I, especially if I preached it from the pulpit in my church, um, I, I think you'd go, wait, I thought that guy was an anarchist. Because um, the, I think this the simple, the, the, uh, the simple and direct truth of Romans 13 is, God has established civil authorities for your good, even if the civil authorities aren't perfect. That even you need the discipline of a civil authority. Even you need your, even even Christians need their evil restrained by a civil authority. Even Christians are benefiting from this. Even Christians are benefiting from evil secular authorities restraining our evil. Yes. That that's true, even for us, even with evil authorities and that and that um and that that is absolutely that's absolutely true in romans 13 in in first peter 3 um in in various places um throughout the scriptures i think that's that's the obvious reading and it is and it is not uh something that we need to be uh afraid of as bible interpreters of any stripe yeah yeah yeah, it's it's yeah, and one of the principles I try to live by is not to nullify people's arguments. And what that means is that I try not to dismiss, take away something without replacing it. So I don't want to say, oh, well, that's the wrong interpretation, and leave it at that. Yeah. And so I was just like, okay, look, let me not nullify his argument. Let me um, present a better, more helpful, more God glorifying, more grace giving interpretation that would help black people in a real practical way. Um, and, and I, and, and that's why I tackled, um, Romans 13 and, and I used, um, I, so in the opening, just like a, I kind of ordered it like a, like a, like a sermon, right? So I opened up with the illustration, explanation, application, yeah. so the illustration, I used, um, a Chris Rock joke. Um, it was a, I, I don't know. Did, did any of you guys, did you guys look up the, 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 <laughs> the, I didn't. I didn't. No. Okay. I, I should have. I. I didn't. I didn't. But I think I might have heard that routine before. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. So it was. Um. It was. Um. It was. Uh. From the Chris Rock show back in the nineties, and um. He, he was. He was talking about what do you do when when you know when you're dealing with the police like like just like a how to guide on a black person dealing with the police, and <laughs> and so he. So he says, okay, if you get pulled over by the police and you're playing loud rap music and he's like, you know, turn that ish. You guys, there's no swearing on the show, right? Okay. Ah. All right. Kids are watching. (laughs) All right. Okay. Turn, turn that ish off. And so he's going after like, and you know, he keeps giving all these tips like, Hey, look, if, you know, if you, if you were with the police and you run, they are bringing an ass whooping with them like that, you know, and these are the points he's making, like these common sense uh-huh. points about black people dealing with the police. And, you know, I, I remember watching it as a young person. Um, and I, I thought it was hilarious. It, I, I was in tears. 
Like I was on the, I was in tears because the but the thing about good comedy is that it's true. Uh-huh. That's what you know it's true, and it it was hilarious. Um, now, you know this is twenty twenty. Uh-huh. That joke is not going to fly. Uh-huh. That stuff is not funny. <laughs> Today it's not yeah. funny. And um, the, back then, what Chris Rock was getting at was like, yo, the authorities have there's a certain respect as black people. We still have to give the police. So when they pull you over, turn that music off. You know, if if, if they if they if they tell you to stop, do not run. Do not run because you will get beat up. Uh-huh. Now today, um, that that reverence for the wrath of the state is gone. And we can almost make a connection to the reverence for the wrath of God is gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then, uh, and I, I I guess maybe I'll ask both questions at once uh, because maybe they might be related. Um, But um, how, how then do you respond to uh, his idea of a black application of the text? Because, you know, like, like, you know, us being, uh, good exegesis. We want to be like, no, no. The in- interpretation is what is the original author intending. Like that's interpretation. But application, you know, as as R.C. Sproul would often say, you know, there's one interpretation, t- almost a never-ending list of applications. So is is there a use for um, the applicant for a a unapologetic, as he says, unapologetically black application? And do you have a alternative to offer to his um to his that the ex, the excesses that his black interpretation black ecclesial interpretation leads to as as you've you've kind of pointed out mm-hmm. yeah well i i think of course like you know interpretation precedes application uh and so like very simple and and you know for me, my convictions when it comes to exegesis is that, you know, God is the ultimate communicator and he He wants to be known by his people. And so, you know, I tell my students that exegesis is not an intellectual exercise. Hmm. It's not because I'm sure you guys, as much as intellectual as you guys are, there's points where you hit a roadblock exegetically. Yeah. <laughs> and then. There's, there's, you can't do any more thinking. The only thing you could do now to get over the hump is pray. Yeah. Cause it's right in front of you. It's right there. You know, it's there. You just yeah. can't see it. Mm-hmm. Right. You've been there. Right. And then you, you, you gotta go pray. I was like, okay, look, Lord, help me see what you see. And then boom, it's right there. And you're like, okay. Right. It's not, it's, it's not about the intellect. And, and I sell that to say that there, there's basic principles um, to understand the text. So it's not, it's not like you have to be an elite super exegete so for example um the bible will give you your application mm-hmm. the bible gives you your application so if, you, if you're if you're hanging out in the epistles and if you're handing out hanging out in didactic literature instructional teaching literature well by nature it's instructing you what the point of the text is um, and that's why in romans 13 you know um i think it was in romans 13 verse 4 and it was and it said like you know Oh, Macaulay says, okay, black people's problem is fear. Right. <laughs> and this is, this is what got me. Right. Cause uh, he's oh, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, black people's problem is fear, you know, or fear of the police, fear of the police. And then in Romans 13, um, verse three, Paul says, 
would you have no fear of the one who, who, who is in authority? Then do what is good and you will receive his approval. Do what is good and you'll receive his approval. Mm-hmm. Right? That's your application. Do what is good and you won't have anything to fear. Now, that's not to say, that's not to say that, you know, okay, well, they're perfect. And, you know, we're dealing with the state like they're God. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you know the state's going to mess up and they are, they are going to mistreat black people. Not all, but some. And there's a level of discernment that has to happen where you're like, okay, here, here here's a question. It's, this is this is this is this is a polit- politically incorrect question, but it's a biblically correct question. Was George Floyd in the wrong? Right? Was he in the wrong? Was um, um, was um, I forgot the young lady um, and they raided her place. Oh, Breonna um, Taylor. Breonna Taylor, yeah. Yeah, Brianna Taylor. Was Brianna Taylor in the wrong? Okay, maybe she wasn't in the wrong. Was her man in the wrong? Right? According to Romans, Romans 13, verse 3, right? Um, you could say Tamir Rice, the 12-year-old, was he in the wrong? No, he wasn't in the wrong. He was just playing in the park. Playing, playing with guns. I play with guns. Who doesn't? I love guns. Who, who doesn't love playing with guns? Until you know you're trained not to. But anyways, another uh, conversation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but the point I'm saying is like this is application, right? Because it just said if, if if you don't want to have fear, do what is good. When we look at what's happening and the interactions, we have to ask the question: Was that person doing good? When the police said freeze, do not move. Did the person move? Right? Again, it's it's not it's not a straightforward answer where you're saying, okay, well, every altercation black people are guilty or every altercation white people are guilty. Um, but this is the application that I'm talking about where the Bible will give you um, your application point. Um, I've been taught um, that, you know, good application is usually, um, well, not even taught, but even I've been reading this book. Um, can you see it? No. I know. No, okay. Um, the book is called uh, Christ-Centered Preaching, Redeeming oh, yeah. the Expository Sermon by oh. Brian Chapman. Yeah, good one. Yeah, I am. Yeah. This is money. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is money right here. This is lovely. Um, and, and all he's saying is like, you know what? Like, um, you know, good application is grace. It offers grace. It's not offering works. It's offering grace. Right. So, you know, you're you know, you're hitting the point when you're offering because like, you know, he argues that Monday to Saturday, you're sinning. Right. You're doing your best, but you're still sinning. You don't need a sermon. You don't need an application point on Sunday to say, OK, well, try harder. You don't you don't you don't need to hear try harder. Like you were trying hard from Monday to Saturday and you were and you dropped the ball a couple of times. What you need is grace. And that's another application point. OK, well, well, where's the grace to overcome that? Um, and so that's why, you know, dealing with the black ecclesial ter- interpretation, um, you know, you can't preach your framework. I have my own frameworks. We have to lay those things aside and let the text, um, speak for itself. Yeah. yeah. Right. Let it surprise you sometimes like that's pardon. Uh, let it surprise you sometimes. Like that's one of the things that happens when you lay your, your framework aside is you'll, you'll read a text and suddenly it surprises you. And, uh, 
you have to renegotiate your framework a little bit. You know, you, you need to uh, expand it, recenter it. Um, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think when you look at like application, and this is one of the points where my exegesis suffered. Um, when I didn't, when I was like, all I could do was exegesis. I couldn't do application. I didn't know how to. Um, just recently on Simeon Trust started, um, then I met Brian Chapel. I met Brian Chapel and I sat under some of his talks and his lectures and I spoke, and, I spoke to him about the book and, and so forth. And it blew my mind because I was only doing half, half a Bible study. Oh, hopefully that doesn't sound crazy. Um, I, was, I felt like I was only doing half a Bible study because I was only doing interpretation, but I wasn't doing application. And, and there's a framework where, so for example, for those people who are listening and trying to figure it out. Um, he has this principle called um, the fallen condition focus, yeah. right? The fallen condition focus. So the fallen condition focus is the one nuance that connects us from, to the text, from us to the text. And that in the middle, the fallen condition focus that connects us to the text is um, the implications of sin, whether it's environmentally, physically, mentally, physically, anything that has thrown us off of what God has um, preordained us to be. So if you can find the following condition focus of the text, which is the whole, then your listener can be put in the whole. So mm -hmm. the text will give you the whole, the following condition focus. Um, and then you can put your listener into that whole. Because your listener will go into that because we're we're human beings and we live in a fallen world, we we can fit yeah. into that hole. We'll we'll fall into that hole. But yeah. the scripture also gives you a way out of that hole, gives you grace to pull you out of that mm -hmm. hole. So if you can follow the fallen condition focus of the text and put the listener into that hole, then you can pull them out. And that's what I did with the Romans 13 X of Jesus, is that um the hole is that Paul is saying, like, yo, like the the, the the state is an avenger of God. And I was like, Avengers? Oh, man, I love that movie. I love that movie, man. Thor is my guy, <laughs> right? Who doesn't love the Avengers? Except, oh, hold on, wait, you don't, wait, hold on. Hold on, you're looking around. No. Oh, I'm looking for, I'm looking to see if I have any Avengers paraphernalia oh. in the frame. Yeah. We, my, we have both worn Captain America paraphernalia. We have both worn Captain America paraphernalia on stream before. So yeah. never at the same time, but. Uh. Yes, <laughs> right. But, but see, but, but this preaches, but who doesn't love the Avengers except when they're conduits of God for God's wrath mm. and it's a state. Now you should be frigging terrified because when we watch the movie, um avengers like oh yeah we love those guys but if the avengers are coming after you you're like um <laughs> thor's no longer my guy yeah Loki so, wasn't a fan yeah <laughs> right so so the whole of romans 13 is that um you know paul is talking to them like hey look you know even as christians you guys can mess up and the and and and, and the state can come after you with the sword um in the name of god so you have to be careful um, and the application for black people is, look, you know, we're not perfect. You know, police aren't perfect. Black people are not perfect. So let's 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 try to uh, nuance our conversation and, and add some grace to it and be honest about um, altercations with black people in the police. Mm. Right. The, the Paul is not advocating for like, you know, th this is this is the same state that killed his his, his lord. Right. Like Paul is not he's not pro government. 
and ultimately killed him. Yeah, and ultimately right. killed yeah. him and killed Peter. Like, but but what yeah. he's saying is, but he, what he's saying is, like, like there, there's a principle there, which is which is beautiful, right? Because he's not saying, okay, you know, I'm 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 for Nero, but he's saying, hey guys, but guys, the, 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 there's a principle here where you guys still have to act right, and that God's grace um, is 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 working within the state. Now, is there times where the state abuses it? Yeah, of course. Right, they they abused Paul, right? They, and, and you know, and of course, both people, both both Paul who wrote Romans thirteen and Peter who wrote First Peter three, were both murdered by the state, and we can say murdered because they were unrighteously killed. Yes, um, innocently, despite uh, despite it being the state that killed. Yes, them. so the justice the justice system failed Paul, <laughs> it failed Peter, right. it failed Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But what Paul is still saying, hey, look, guys, but you still got to act right now. Mind you, if you choose to, you know, do something different than what the state has called you to do. Hey, look, the wrath, the wrath is going to come. It is what it is. And you deal with it as it comes. Um, but I, I just wanted to, like, let the listeners know or respond to um, Esau Macaulay and say, look, I said something along the lines of, um you know, um, God's grace, God's grace still works. Um, there's just still remnants of God's grace within the state. Mm. Right. I, I said, um, what I said, I said that, um, the police aren't perfect and neither are black people, but God is. So we must make room in our consciences for a biblical view of a lethal force via the authorities. If we try to dull the sword of the state or abolish it altogether, we will lose the ability to deter evil. Macaulay is right. The state is not a moral authority, but a biblical interpretation as as an exercise in hope teaches us that it isn't an immoral one either. Mm. And that's the key thing. Um, The the state is not um, an, an absolute moral authority, but it's not an absolute immoral authority. So we have to use discernment in in, in, in figuring out um, what happened in that altercation between yeah. the, the white officer and the black person. And I gotta say, I'm really appreciating talking to you through this because uh, I had sent a, a message after reading your article of being like, I'm not sure I go all the way with him on this one. Uh, but hearing you talk through it, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm understanding it. And, and I think maybe this is a good pushback of like one thing that we have, have pushed before was like um, how often our theology of the state starts and ends with Romans 13 and being mm-hmm. like, well, we need, it needs to be balanced against first Samuel eight and, Re- first Samuel 8. and yeah. revelation 13. Like we, yeah. we brought that up, but like, yeah. but, but also the principle of Toda scriptura, which, you know, is the idea that it's not just, not just one passage, but all the passages of scripture has to again, push us back to say yes. And first Samuel eight and revelation 13 need to be balanced with, Romans 13. We mm-hmm. need to bring it back in. Like it's not the only passage on the state, no, right? But it right. is a passage on the state and we need to bring yeah. it back in. Yes. Because usually, usually with Romans 13, the argument is, okay, uh, obey the state and that's it. And yeah. I'm not saying that. And Esau Macaulay's not saying that. Mm-hmm. Right. We're, we're both not saying that. So yeah. like, you know, we're kind of like just trying to say, okay, well, what's, what's the nuance here and what's the application. Um, and so just with the book, 
Um, I just thought that there were points where he mishandled certain texts. Um, I talked about um, the um, one of the issues I had, but I didn't write about because it, it would have been too long. But I was thinking about writing another one in response to um, his handling of the Sermon on the Mount and being a peacekeeper and, 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 and uh, being a, a peacemaker or a peacemaker. And, and, and he argues that the being a peacemaker as a Christian is the church getting involved in politics. Oh, right? wow. And, okay. <laughs> okay. He's, he's like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that was one of the points where I was just like, okay. Yeah. And, and the idea of being a peacemaker is a person who um, calls out right and wrong and is combative. And that was, and I was like, you got that from, from being a peacemaker, <laughs> like, like, yeah. right? And yeah. so, and, and that's why, you know, I'm going for a lot of- it's, fun, it's funny because my tradition, well, I, I say my, I mean, I, um, uh, the, the church I'm, I'm serving at now um, has long been associated with the uh, Anabaptist tradition. We, we've, okay. we, have, we have been Mennonite brethren. Um, I say have been because- um, the Mennonite Brethren denomination left us, um, but uh, <coughs> um, but anyway, the um, so in our tradition, blessed are the peacemakers has has been an argument for you cannot engage in politics because politics yeah. is inherently violent. <laughs> um, yeah. You can't run for city council. Uh, like a bunch of people are doing tomorrow or finishing tomorrow. Um, you can't run for city council because you're going to have to give orders to cops and cops are inherently mm. violent. You can't run for MP um, or for Congress because you're indirectly going to have to give orders to the military, which is inherently violent. And so that because politics is inextricably yeah. connected to violence, that a Christian can't um, be a peacemaker and at the same time yeah. be involved in politics. And that has traditionally been the argument in the, in the Anabaptist tradition, uh, in the Mennonite tradition. Um, and uh, it, it took us a long time to, <laughs> um, to work our way around that. And, and, and that's no longer like the, uh, the premier of Saskatchewan was Mennonite brethren. So that's no longer yeah. been a, a, a front and center um, yeah, doctrine for them, but but it, but we we definitely can the opposite direction on it's that a, exact. It's an irony verse. that yeah, and that two, makes me suspicious. <laughs> two traditions came to exact opposite uh, conclusions from one verse. That's interesting. Yeah, African Americans and Low Germans um, just yeah. completely <laughs> read this absolutely oppositely. Well, and 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 in both ways, are kind of in some ways moving off of. <laughs> <laughs> the the actual what it's actually talking about yeah was actually talking about yeah yeah that's interesting mm -hmm. um, yeah and so the, the idea with the with the Matthew nine um, was one of those points where I was just kind of like my you know my ex she just spidey sense went off and I was just like okay wait a minute this nah nah this this doesn't sound right um, and he goes on to say about um, the Matthew nine he says what then does peacemaking involve and what does this have to do with the church's political witness? Biblical peacemaking is the cessation of hostilities between nations and individuals as a sign of God's inbreaking kingdom. 
Peacemaking involves assessing the claims of groups in conflict and making a judgment about who is correct and who is incorrect. And to me, I was just like, well, that, that, that idea is, well, that's relative, right? It, it, it's relative because the people on the left would, would argue that they're correcting what's right. And the people on the right are, are arguing what correcting what, what's, what's right. And so it was kind of like one of those points where I was like, well, like this doesn't make sense. When you look at peacemaking, and, and I did a little bit of exegesis on it, when you look at the context of peacemaking um, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, um, you, you see, um, like, for example, um, peacemaking is, is all about, in a sense, being a pacifist and a philanthropist. So there's a distinction between the institution of, uh, of, of where you see the Christian going out into the world. So for example, um, verse 25, verse 26, anger, um, settle beef with accuser, right? That's what verse 25, 26 is. So peacemaking is talk, being a peacemaker is all about settling your beef with your accuser, 25, verse 25, 26 and anger. Um, verse 39 is about retaliation. Love your enemies. Don't oppose, um, don't oppose an evil person. And in verse 43, 45, um, talks about um, you know God's common grace and all these things are 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 alluding to the Christian being a peacemaker as opposed to being combat combative. So even in the context of how he handled peacemaker in the context of the Sermon on the Mount, it doesn't fit. And so I was just like, you know what? Uh, it, 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 and it all falls back to, and I would almost argue, is that his issue is his he has a misinterpretation of what the kingdom of God is. And I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's um, the um, him being black or being pro-black or right. um, critical race theory necessarily. I, I would say it was a subtle thing where I'm like, yeah, he has a misinterpretation of what the kingdom of God is in that um, we're bringing in the kingdom of God versus God bringing in the kingdom of God yeah. and it being inaugurated in the new heavens and new earth. Yeah. Right. Um, we are called to um, bring people um, in into the kingdom. So, so, so there, so there's two like nuances to to the role of the church, right? So there's a narrow mission and a broad mission, right? So the narrow mission is that we're priests, right? Kingly priests. But then in in the broad vision, we're kings. So the idea is that we in the narrow vision we we gather. Right, we're an embassy, but in the community, we're ambassadors. Mm. Right, um, we make disciples in the narrow sense, and then in the broad sense, um, we be a disciple and a citizen. Yeah, this has been really good. I really, I really enjoy this conversation. Uh, uh, um, this is not the usual uh, topics we get into, and that's what I, I love about it. And we're getting to about the part where, 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 uh, you know, it's getting pretty late where you're at. And so we want to, we want to, uh, let you, let you get your, 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 your rest and whatnot. Um, so, uh, do you have any, like, do you you have any like final words you want to, to leave with our audience? Um, and then plug your podcast and I want to give Darnell the last word, but, but Patrick just brought up a great, um example that paul gives in acts that Mm -hmm. i wanted to go over but i didn't want to step on 
Darnell's amazing oh, sure. transition yeah. into the Sermon on the Mount that he uh, that he was trying to give. Um, so <clears throat> in Acts 23, Paul is is uh, in the in the first five verses of Acts 23, uh, uh, Paul is brought before uh, council of uh, of the the chief priests and um, um, and uh, he says he's lived life with a clear conscience and and then the high priest orders uh, the the people restraining him to strike him on the mouth and Paul lashes back God's gonna strike you you whitewashed wall uh, do you sit there judging me according to the law and in violation of the law you ordered me to be struck um, and and the people restraining him say do you dare to insult God's high priest? And Paul says, I did not realize, brothers, that he was the high priest, for it is written, you must not speak e evil about a ruler of your people. So, so Paul apologizes for a mistaken, uh, so Paul wasn't wrong that these things were actually true of the person he was speaking about. Um, uh, Paul wasn't wrong to defend himself. He wasn't wrong that he has a clear conscience before God, but he did, he, um, he did make a mistake in, in referring to a ruler of his people as a whitewashed wall uh, in, in applying that, extending that beyond the realm that he, that uh, he should have, even if he, he might have been correct <laughs> um, uh, in applying it. Um, he goes, you know what? There's biblical wisdom that that uh, that runs the other way here. So I'm going. I'm going to apologize for my <laughs> uh, for my insult, basically, that I've given mm -hmm. this man um, for for this evil speaking that I've done against him, um, and uh, um, and then and then he pulls a very interesting tactic um to uh get them more distracted about their own internecine squabbles than uh um than in enforcing uh to the hilt the law against him yeah. so paul handles this paul handles this beautifully but i i had forgotten it starts with this i remembered the 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 next part i'd forgotten that he starts with this apology um uh yeah. for for overstepping his bounds there i think that's a wonderful application about what that's we're talking about yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. that's awesome. good. I'm gonna have to think about. I'm, mm -hmm. Man, I have to I have to meditate on that one a little bit more. That's yeah, yeah, good. me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I, I, yeah, it, it's. Uh, uh, wow. Uh, yeah. But just going over it since uh, since Patrick mentioned it in the chat, um, yeah. I think I think he's right. I think this is a. I think this is quite. Um, uh, I think this is a. Uh, this was a correct application yeah. and it says of course that a whitewashed tomb was the let's go brandon of its day uh, so uh so that's yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that uh, might date this i i hope i kind of hope that dates this podcast but uh well you know we'll, we'll see uh but i do want to apologize to the chat we usually interact with you more but honestly uh, uh we had we had limited time and there's a lot to get to and uh i really yeah. wanted there's a lot of things that i wanted to to, to hear about and uh, talk about. So um, we want yeah. to, uh, so I'm going to apologize. Now I will chat. not step on. <laughs> if you're now, not, now, if you're, 
if you're new, but uh, if you're if you're new to the chat, we don't we don't usually uh, yeah we usually uh, interact more with that. But anyway, um, yeah, like I said, do you, uh, let's go back to that. Uh, it, do you have any last words for our audience, and and then go ahead and plug plug your podcast yeah. and everything you're involved with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, final words. I would say that um, I'm a bit worried. Um, I'm a bit worried that I didn't see as much uh, constructive criticism um, towards uh, this book, Reading While Black. Constructive criticism, because like, you know, especially when, you, when you're, it's one thing to write a book, it's another thing to write a book about exegesis and, and, um, and it not being critiqued uh, most of the stuff I found was like, you know, it was a great book, great book. And it, and it was a good book. I, I found it helpful. Um, there were certain points I, I found helpful in it. Um, um, he, he, he handles um, black anger with the gospel, like black hostility and anger towards white people. He, he, he handles it excellently, like pointing back to Christ and God's grace. So, you know, he's, you know, he, he is looking for solutions, but I, I, I'm, I think we need to get back to arguing in debating, I mean, I, I would like to see more more theological debates um, going on in a, in a in, in the spirit of CLS, <laughs> where, where 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 two people who are opposing each other um, can meet, touch Bibles, and come out swinging. You know, I remember there was a time. Not hopefully, I'm not too old, but I remember like, you know, if you said you were the best, if you were the fastest in the school, you had to prove it. Mm. If you were the if if you if you if you believe you were the best rapper, you had to prove it. Hmm. You know, all these things you had to prove it. That's why even I'm not sure if you guys keep up, but now since the um since lockdowns, we have this thing. Um now we have verses where we have artists, you know, from 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 a, a particular time period will come together and and they'll kind of go back and forth and do like a, a sound clash to see who 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 is better. Hmm. Um and in light of the argument that's going on, and especially in the nuance with this conversation with, with, with Black Christians disagreeing, you know, we know Vadi Bakum and, and we know Tabidi and, and those guys, but I think there's a point where we have to um, stop being scared, um, trust the Lord, trust the scriptures, uh, and that the person that's sitting across from you loves the Lord too, and wants to come to the right answer and that we can come down, have an audience, have an audience and then, and like get, get to the, I would love to see an exegesis where the Bibles are just open. They're like, okay, let's hang out in this verse. How did you get to this? How did you get to that? Um, in that spirit, I, I would love, I would love for that to happen in more conversations. So hopefully one day I'll get to sit down with Esau, whether in public or behind closed doors. Um, seems like a pretty cool guy to talk about it. And hopefully in the future, um, we'll have more people we disagree with that we can sit down with and, um, you know, um, debate, debate the text with. So hopefully that's, that's in the near future. Now, as for the podcast, yes, Six Sense Report, you can find it um, at sixcentsreport.com, S-I-X-C-E-N-T-S report.com. You're trying to get in touch with me. It is, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, and it's under Do Good at Darnell. That's D O G U D D A underscore Darnell, and then Darnell Samuels 
on uh, Facebook. I can get in touch with me. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, like, subscribe, share to this show. To this show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right? And then, yeah, and then, all right. And then when you're done, uh, you can also find us um, Six Sense Report on, um, on YouTube as well. And like, subscribe, share on that as well. And uh, thank you guys. Thank you guys for having oh. me. Um, it's, it's, it's an honor. Um, it's always an honor when, when people, um, want to hear what you think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. yeah. We want to thank you so much for, for being on our show. Like, uh, it's, uh, we appreciate, um, the, uh, yeah, the time you took and the, the, the thought you put into, uh, everything. And, and I'm, I'm, I, yeah, my, my mind's been expanded and I appreciate yeah, that yeah. so much. Um, Oh, praise God. I'm, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you were encouraged um, by it. And, and hopefully we could do this again. Um, we could do a two on two, uh, bring yeah. Joel Jeezy out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Joel Jeezy out and see what we could do. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, appreciate that. And, um, and uh, now we turn and speak to our audience and uh, we'll say, uh, I mean, he already said it, like, like, and subscribe to our show, do it all, so, uh, share it. Um, if you have a question or a comment that you want to, uh, you, you can either leave it on the video or you can send us an email at anarchistbiblestudy at gmail.com unless you're sending us some kind of search engine optimization, in which case you can email us at Oh goodness! Um, I got you. Calgary, Calgary Police Service at <laughs> uh, Calgary.ca. There you go. Right. That's, uh, that's that's who you said it to. Yes, I was uh, I was trying yeah. to remember the judge's name, <laughs> but Calgary Police Service. Oh, is fine. <laughs> oh got you flat-footed, man. You gotta be ready with me. You gotta be ready. And with me. and then I and then I and then I had second thoughts about if I was going to accidentally give out a real email, like I might have done a couple of weeks ago, like we did. By, yeah. Just 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 by just by randomly stringing together words, we're I not, accidentally gave out a real email of of a. We're not going to say which one. Um, we're not yeah, going to say which yeah. one, but we did accidentally give out a real email. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, so I figured if I did that for a judge. I'm might be in trouble <laughs> yeah uh and of course uh th thank you patrick for reminding me um if you want to support the show you can do so by going to buymeacoffee.com slash flyover and uh for one dollar a month you can uh join in the beauty that is the chat and you can also uh have access to our uh discord our secret discord channel and um uh, this other benefits and also you can you, you can uh um do what patrick did which he uh i'm gonna point this out because i haven't put I'm, I'm worried to point this out because i'm afraid too many people will request this one and then we're never getting back to revelation but you can <laughs> for for five dollars request a topic that we have to cover and maybe we'll do a full episode maybe we'll just do a partial episode so uh but but um <laughs> but Patrick has been pretty successful at picking our topics for free. So yeah. yeah. The, uh, the, the, so, the, so when he pays barrier. money, he gets the whole episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, so that barrier, um, uh, that barrier is actually, um, you know, <laughs> helping us get back to revelation yeah. quicker. I think that's right. That's in right. this case. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those, that's all the ways you can support. Obviously go to, uh, on Twitter. I'm at I O N cap as, uh, I O W A N C A P. 
Jeff is at J Park YYC. And, um, and yeah, most importantly, join us again next week when we take Anarchy to Church here on the Anarchist Bible Study. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Later, guys.